This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser on Bloomberg Radio. Well, you are listening to Bloomberg Business Week. Carol Masser along with Paul Sweeney. Um, when I got this pitch from their PR team about being a collection of millennials thinking about the next generation of drinkers and the brands that that will be in demand, I was definitely hooked, Paul, I'm going to say. <laughs> it's like, count me in. Um, yep. So let's bring in Amy Stedman. She's founder and chief operating officer at Future Proof Beatbox Beverages. Their company's based in Austin, Texas, but we find Amy uh, on the phone in Pittsburgh on this Tuesday. Amy, great to have you here with us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Carol and Paul. How are you all? Doing okay. Doing okay. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, you know, your business and the impact of the virus. But before we do that, can we take a step back and just talk to us a little bit about the origins? Because you and your partners actually met at the University of Texas Business School. Is that right? And this is where you came up with your company? Absolutely. Uh, you know, at the time I was in my mid-20s, we were seeing boxed wine at every party, every tailgate, river float trip, but no one really loved the wine that we were, they were drinking. And the brands did not appeal to the, the millennial generation. So my business partners, Justin, Brad, Jason, and Dan came up with the idea to make boxed wine less boring. So they recruited me to join the team and we sought to create a brand that would resonate with millennials and be centered around music, which is the center of our social lives at the time. So thus Beatbox Beverages was born, our first product line. All right. So talk to us about your product lines here. What are some of the products that are kind of driving your growth or are you seeing the most uptake from your consumers? Yeah, so Beatbox Beverages is a product that we launched first time back in 2013. So we first launched it as a boxed wine, and then as we grew with the company and were on Shark Tank in 2014, uh, we really found that it was resonating with millennials in terms of being eco-friendly, portable, great flavors, and so we've been really growing with that brand. Uh, this past year, our company has actually transitioned from beatbox beverages to future-proof brands, and we're piloting two new brands and fast-growing categories in alcohol as well, Corkless and Alternative Packaging Wine, and Brizzy in the seltzer space. All right, wait a bit. Okay, we're going way too fast. you got to go back to Shark Tank because, I mean, we all know that brand. We've all, I, you know, every once in a while I go down a rabbit hole and I watch a couple, you know, one after another because it's just fascinating to see, to me, entrepreneurs, you know, pitching their business to, you know, this panel of individuals who've got money to spend and who understand what it takes to make a good business. What was that experience like? Because you actually got Mark Cuban to, I think, pitch in about a million dollars or so. Absolutely, which was one of the biggest deals on the show of all time back then. But, um, you know, we we started the company very bare bones. You know, we made it ourselves, distributed ourselves. Uh, We were doing, you know, probably six to nine hours of in-store samplings a weekend. And we would always get that comment of, you should be on Shark Tank. You should be on Shark Tank (laughs) when people saw the product, uh, as if that's something you can just go do, right? But uh, fortunately, in Austin, we have uh, South by Southwest, and the Shark Tank producers came to do casting there, so we got to pitch them, and then ended up filming that summer of 2014, and we're part of the season six. So um, it's definitely a surreal experience, and you know, I still can't really believe that it happened. But you know, one thing that people always ask me about getting on the show, I said, "Hey, it's a TV show. You got to give them great TV. So bring the energy and passion for your product." and you know, hopefully good things happen. Well, I agree with that. And Mark Cuban knows certainly how to, you know, <laughs> kind of become, a, you know, entertaining and a little bit of a spectacle. I mean, yep. he's really kind of fascinating to to listen, whether he's in an interview or other setting. But, 
You know, what did Mark Cuban's involvement, it wasn't just about money, was it? No. So Mark has actually been incredibly helpful. Um, you know, after the he made a million-dollar investment on the show, he came in and met with us. You know, he's over there in Dallas, and we were in Austin, so we got together in person several times. He's also signed beatboxes for us in a liquor store for hours. We've hosted, you know, events together on yeah. 6th Street in Austin during, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day, and he's gone above and beyond and provided things like inventory financing and put his brother Jeff Cuban on our board. So it's been incredible to work with Mark and, you know, dream come true as a young entrepreneur to be able to learn from the best. So Amy, talk to us about the trends that you've seen um, during the pandemic in terms of customer buying and and uh, whether or not those trends, were, you know, have they changed as we've gotten from March to today? Yeah, when all this started, we were nervous, just as everybody was, that yeah. our primary distribution is in channels such as grocery, liquor store, and convenience stores. And what you did see was all of the dollars being spent on alcohol shifting from restaurants and bars into those channels. And so we've actually been experiencing record sales months every mm. month of the pandemic really? and have been able to, you know, fortunately turn it around and, and raise money for Small Business Relief Fund and ACLU and other groups as well. So that's been the silver lining of all that. So, Amy, when I walk into a liquor store these days, I'm just overwhelmed by the number of products, you know, really competing for shelf space. It's just so many new products. It's not just beer, wine, and, and spirits. There's everything, hard seltzer, and I guess that's kind of the, uh, some of the newer products. How do you get mind share, market share in such a crowded market? What's your marketing strategy? Absolutely. So, I mean, what you're seeing is the results of huge trends in consumer drinking, right? Millennials are shifting away from traditional beer to wine and flavored items like beatbox. And the bigger brands are scrambling, trying to find things that are going to work. But what they're missing is that key authenticity that millennials and Gen Z are also looking for. You know, the big brands will try and slap a new label on an outdated idea, trying to make it cool to these demographics. But, you know, with our brand, we sought to create the most authentic experience possible, which is, you know, really connecting with our listeners and constantly, whether it's flavor development, packaging design, the events we choose to sponsors, you know, we use social media, brand ambassadors, and other listening tools to stay extremely connected to our consumers. And I think that's really what's made us stand out among all of those different new entrants like you've mentioned. Hey, one thing I want to ask you, because your background is really fascinating to me. Um, first of all, it's a woman who's got two male business partners and, you know, creating a company. I'm curious about that experience. I'm also experienced you're a first generation U.S. citizen that, you know, you moved here from Syria when you were about 10 years old. So I'm just curious about, you know, being an immigrant in this country, creating a company and what the experience has been for you. Yeah. So my parents had corporate jobs when we lived in the Middle East. My dad's from the UK and my mom's from Syria. And they actually quit their jobs when I was 10 years old to pursue entrepreneurship in this country. And so we came over and I watched them grow their businesses through high school and college. It was a vending machine business with those you know, bubbles and stuffed animals and things like that. And so that was their business. And then when it came time for me to go to business school and, and start my company, I was incredibly flattered that, you know, my business partners decided they, they were not going to start a next generation alcohol beverage company without including a female founder and having diversity on their 
uh, ownership. So I really appreciated them recruiting me to join the team. And, um, you know, certainly being a female founder in the alcohol beverage industry is <laughs> it had its rocky moments. I mean, I'm often mistaken for, you know, a promotional model when I'm <laughs> saying, no, I'm actually the owner of the company. Um, people, oh. you know, re- have a reaction. But my, my reaction to that is, you know, the more that I can be on things like this and show up on panels and be mentors to other female entrepreneurs that, you know, we can make a change in our generation and, you know, the next group of female founders. And, and there have been many, many new women founders of alcohol beverages, right. uh, alcohol beverage companies recently. Uh, you know, so I see that as a, a great change. And I hope that we can continue to be the change that we want to see in this industry and encourage more diversity of ownership as well. well and it's I'm a- super grateful to be an American citizen. It's a, a wonderful place to be. I know we have our issues, but this is an incredible country. Well, it's great to hear that. And, and you know, it's interesting, you know, because I do think it sounds like whether it's diversity and inclusion or sustainability, these are things that are important to you guys and also the brand. Absolutely. I also wanted to include my stories being featured in a book called Immigrant Hustle, which I love the name for that. So <laughs> that's coming out later this year, um, if anybody's interested in learning more about my story. But, you know, on that note mentioned, we definitely want to be this next generation alcohol beverage company. So that includes a responsible business model. We want it to be more inclusive and regenerative for the planet. So, you know, my role as chief operating officer, I take sustainability very seriously in our company. And we're actually working on becoming a B Corp this year Mm. um, so that we can be fully transparent with all of our efforts that we've been kind of doing behind the scenes and now really bake it into our business model for future growth. Amy, how are you guys funding your growth? It seems like uh, you talk about the sales growth, such very strong sales growth. How are you funding that? Yeah, so, you know, consumer brands are expensive to get going. So we've done several fundraising rounds. We're actually, you know, after Shark Tank, we had two big fundraising rounds with lots of private investors that came in to support us. We're so grateful. And we're actually partnering with WeFunder to be able to allow anybody that's a fan of Beatbox or Future Proof to you know, become part of the brand, and that's going to be announced very soon. So if anyone's interested in that, it's beatboxbeverages.com to uh, sign up for the newsletter and, and get that announcement once it's public. And I got to ask you, I mean, uh, oh, go ahead. No, please finish. I was going to say, it's such a unique opportunity because, you know, most people can't just invest in a startup, uh, you know, these crowdfunding platforms that are kind of becoming the next generation of fundraising really cool opportunity to democratize who can be part of these fast-growing companies. Yeah, we're seeing more and more of that. I think it's really interesting. It's, it's also happening in real estate where, you know, the average yep. investor, right, can't get involved. But there are ways now where you can, you know, be part of a group in terms of being much more involved in, in some of kind of what normally is for institutional investors. Amy, what's next for you guys? I mean, would you... Oh, we are launching... Yeah, yeah we're launching a, a new flavor of beatbox this month, Peach Punch. So we're really excited about that. It tastes like my most favorite delicious uh, road trip snack, the peach ring. And uh, we're continuing to innovate in this industry. You know, we've got two brands with Brizzy and Porklift, which, you know, 2020 is a very hard year to launch innovation yeah. at retail. So we're very excited about expanding those brands next year as we can do things like events and samplings and other ways to introduce a new product to customers again.